Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. This is podcast 388. As the trust erodes in the world, that trust is an all-time low, we're going to teach you how to become trustless, a brand new concept. We're taking a deep dive today. So how do you create trust without using trust or become trustless? Now, as many of you know, I spend more time in the cryptocurrency world and Bitcoin. That's kind of an overlap with what I'll be talking about today. But my goal, my passion, of course, is influence and persuasion, motivation, negotiation. I keep saying it, the skills we should have learned in school. I've been teaching college courses for over 20 years. And when I see students after two or three years after they've graduated, they're like, you know, those courses you taught, those made the biggest difference. So I've been teaching courses on persuasion, influence, public speaking, persuasive presentation, advanced presentation skills. Those soft skills that make a huge difference. It's no secret that most CEOs have a sales and marketing background. It's no secret that CEOs have the ability to present themselves and do persuasive presentations. Because anybody can present, but is it persuasive? Anybody can inform, but is it influential? And of course, as we talked about before, nothing is worse. As a persuader, when you do a presentation, whether it be one-on-one or a large group, and at the very end, they says, that was nice. Thank you. Great presentation. Like, you're going to buy, you're going to do it. Like, no, but great presentation. And I'm going to have you put that in the failure category because you've just wasted everybody's time. That's just how it is. That's reality. Hopefully, everyone's having a great week achieving their goals. Hopefully, done with the whole pandemic thing. Hopefully, we can see you kind of a future where we're getting back to normal. I know it's been over a year I haven't flown on a plane, which is crazy because I always do 100, 150,000 miles a year on an airplane. Maybe my oxygen levels are getting better. I don't know if there's a health benefit to that. I do know when I travel that I don't eat as well, exercise as much as when I'm home. So maybe I'm healthier, a little better. Look at the optimistic side of what's been going on, doing a lot more Zoom calls, obviously. But then a lot more companies are wanting the face-to-face, so that is good news for everyone. So since we're going to be talking about trust, and going from it seems to be, you know, 20 years, I trust you, give me a reason not to, now it's I don't trust you, give me a reason to trust you. So we've gone from trust, which was just automatic, to distrust, and now we're going to trustless, which is such a unique, cutting-edge topic. Again, a deeper dive for a lot of you. But I'll help you understand that we can now do business, we can now persuade without even dealing with trust. That is the concept of trustless. So let's get into the geeky, scarly article of the week. This comes from Stanford, the Journal of Mechanical Design, Taylor Kubata and Aaron McDonald. They were looking at trust levels and smart technologies. You know, the automatic driving cars, your phones, and how do we develop trust? Now, there's one thing when you have a phone, you've been using it for a while, but then a self-driving car, hmm, I was talking to the lead self-driving car dude, we'll call it for Google, and you probably didn't even know they had a department to do that. They have millions of hours of data that they can show you that this works. 
Now, the challenge is they don't have enough data to work when someone cuts you off or a dog runs across the street or something crazy happens, but average driving habits, they have a lot of data. So how do you look at this high-tech stuff? And we all know that technology is not infallible. There's always something that can happen. I mean, do you want to be in an airplane where it's all flown by computers? I mean, I guess statistically that's safer, but we still want that fail-safe, that human, to have the appropriate level of trust. And they said, we definitely thought that if people were sad, they'd be more suspicious of the speaker. And if they were happy, they would be more trusting. And they looked at age groups and, and education levels, the whole gamut. And we've talked about mood in the past, mood and trust. But they also found that participants trusted more if researchers had tried to put them in even a positive or negative mood. But what they found with mood, which is kind of unique with this high-tech product, is that... When the researchers put people either in a positive or negative mood, it increased trust. But when they were in a neutral mood, there was no elevation in trust. So they found that our perception of trust can rely on how we see the other person's abilities. Are they caring, objective, fair, honest? Those were the characteristics they took a look at. But when studying how people interact with technology, most research concentrates on the influence of technology's performance, overlooking trust and user perception. So they spent the time on this new study trying to figure it out. And they found that emotional states can affect trustworthiness and how moods can help or hurt trust. If the participant didn't think that the person delivered satisfactory answers, none of the variables measured in the experiment, age, gender, education, mood, changed their minds. See, the biggest surprise was when the person's expectations were met, that increased their mood, increased the trust, and the person they were persuaded became more tolerant and empathetic with the person and the product. So a lot of gobbledygook. We can see it there. That's a scientific term, gobbledygook. But emotions matter. Moods matter. And the tech side matter. Let me talk about the tech side. The channel of the tech side is a confused mind says no. And a lot of time with text, people don't get it. They say they do. So if you're dealing with a product that's very complicated, new, different, a lot of times people get in a bad mood. They don't get it. They don't understand. They don't tell you and you can't persuade them. But if you take the time to influence them, read their body language, listen to their questions, get them to understand, then you can become more persuasive. Which brings us to the persuasion blunder. Don't, don't, don't. Goes out to my friend, I'm not going to name names, was driving around with a, a younger driver. And this particular car didn't have insurance on it, right? Because they were going to give it to this new driver as soon as they got their driver's license. But now they're just practicing, didn't have insurance. They were waiting, you know, being frugal, which is fine. But when you drive it on a public road and the police is following you and you have a young driver, there's some challenges with that. Gets pulled over and, you know, he's a great persuader, good with the people skills. But the challenge is when someone an authority figure like that, you're like, and you don't say what they want to say, that could be a downward spiral. And he was saying, look, officer, I get it. I understand. I, right? Won't happen again. This is what's happening, going on. And which made the officer more mad, which perplexed him. Because usually the average person of equal authority, you can connect, you can get along, you can admit that you make a mistake. And the cop could get more and more upset. He's like, I get it. I say, he's like, no, you don't get it. You're out here and you're not insured. If you hit somebody, boom. 
So the blunder is, is not reading the situation. When someone's in an authority position and they want to show you that they're the one who's an authority, you have to use something that we use in negotiations called apology is cheap. He was like, I get it, I understand. But what the officer want, what a lot of the authority people want, is like, I am sorry, I apologize, I blew it and it won't happen again. So it depends on the situation and persuasion negotiation because with anger, when people get upset, they're looking for someone to blame. And you're in the room and it's going to be you. And if it's not a big deal, <laughs> I've seen it so many times where like, they get blamed, they get yelled at, and the person says, I'm sorry, that was not my intent. And they're like, well, don't do it again. And they're like, okay, then you move on. So there are times and places, especially when you're influenced up, authority figures are like, I'm sorry, I blew it, my fault, man, oh man, and fill in the blank from there. So especially when you're influencing up or in your negotiation where, you know, it's okay to apologize, like, I'm sorry, you there is a time and place. Now, I wouldn't use this every single encounter. There are times when you don't want to apologize. There's times where you feel you're not in the wrong. But if you want to defuse the situation, the quick apology, apology is cheap. It doesn't cost you anything. Check your ego at the door. And I guarantee you, you'll become more influential. So let's dive into our content to the day with our listener email. Oh, boy. This is Matt C. from Nevada. He says, Kurt, I was listening to one of your webinars, and by the way, thank you, it was on persuasive presentations. You mentioned in passing during the Q&A that we're moving from trust to trustless. Can you elaborate on that? Can you explain exactly what that means? Because that was way over my head. All right, Matt and everyone else, let's talk about how we've gone from trusting society to distrust, which is happening right now, even more with the fear and the craziness in the world. Now we're going migrating to trustless. Now, there are a lot of times we still need to build trust. I'm not going to move away from that, but there's a new thing we can add to our toolbox. It's called trustless. And you're like, what? What does that mean? Well, first of all, trust, I mentioned, is all-time low. It's dropped six points in the last five years. And it really doesn't matter what persuasion tool you have. If they don't like you and trust you, it's very difficult, unless you move to the world of trustless. So we're creating trust and credibility in a trustless world. People are doubtful. People are cynical. Credibility is very low. So what are those keys to influence in this cynical, doubtful, crazy world that's full of fear? Let's talk about moving to trustless, where it's just not even an issue. You are automatically trusted. They have confidence in you. They know you're reliable. They already respect you. You see where we're going with this? So let's back up. I have to talk about the world of Bitcoin, blockchain. Whether you agree with it or not, does not matter. The concept, the software blockchain is going to change the world. Now, right now, unless you've been living in a cave, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency going crazy has taken over the world. It's a digital currency. All your big institutional investors are, are getting in. People in countries with high inflation are getting in. People in countries where the government's printing a lot of money are getting in because... This currency has been proven for over 10 years to be a safe digital currency. Now, I bring that up because Bitcoin is trustless without working with any people. You know that if you buy or sell every transaction with Bitcoin or what we call the blockchain, it's trustless. It just happens. It always happens. It always has happened. It always will happen. It has never been hacked because it's a trustless system. We know when I send Bitcoin to a friend, 
When I accept it, it's there, it's done. So let's back up a little bit. I mean, we have to talk about what is money. If you really understand the concept here, we're going to take a deep dive here. Money is a currency, something you exchange. Before it used to be uh, two lambs for a cow, a cow for 20 clamshells, 20 clamshells for a piece of gold. Now, I probably don't have the exchange rates perfect there, but you see what's happening. I have wheat, you have chickens, let's trade. Well, that became difficult, especially long distances, where the government got involved, where they created these currencies, these coins that you could trade. That's money. Money is anything that spends. And people have been living on Bitcoin and other what they're called cryptocurrencies for the past five years. So Bitcoin is basically digital money that you own. It's decentralized, meaning you don't need an administrator. You don't need a government to run it. You don't need someone in charge. And let me back up a little bit here about the future disruptions. This is what we're doing here. You see, Airbnb is the largest hotel company, and they don't own any hotels. YouTube's the largest content provider. They don't make the content. Uber, world's largest taxi service. They don't own any taxis. Bitcoin, one of the world's largest currencies, and it doesn't have any banks. Basically, you become the bank or don't need a bank to transfer currency. I guess we have a lot more time with this, but I just want to point out that when you make a transaction with this digital currency, you know it's going through. I mentioned that. Why? Well, because let's say 100 computers around the world in different countries and different spots have to verify that's a true, legitimate transaction. The computer verifies it. So to hack Bitcoin, you have to pretty much hack the whole internet network, the whole Bitcoin network to be able to do that. And that's just not possible. You just know it'll be verified. It'll happen. That is trustless. That is known as a blockchain and people can use it for voting. People have bought homes with blockchain because you don't need an escrow account or someone to say, I'll hold the money for you because it just happens. It's what's known as a smart contract. You ask for this. It's not going to happen until they give it back. It just happens. It is done through the internet. It's done through computers. That is trustless. Now, stay with me here. I'm getting to influence. I'm just showing you a trustless system and going to show you how to apply that to persuasion, influence, and sales. And what the blockchain does, it's just a centralized ledger, meaning all these transactions are recorded publicly. Everyone can see it. Not your specific name, but the transaction. Banks don't do this. Governments don't do this where everything they spend is on a public ledger. I mean, a bank has a ledger, but they don't provide it public. They look to see if you have any money. The money's all online, all on the internet. Now, if you want more information on that, I'll provide some links to get more information. I've been consulting with companies in this space, but the whole trustless factor has been fascinating to where I don't need a human to verify the transaction. It can be all be done through the internet or through computers that we know it works. Just like the sun comes up, we know it works. I know in the past there's been some distrust with the internet. And of course, there's human trust, there's distrust, there's digital versus emotional. That's just how it is. We know that when you go to an ATM in Paris, that if I'm from the United States, I need some money, I put in my card, they verify there's money, and they send me the money for doing that, they get a few dollars. That is blockchain. Someone verifies it and it just happens. So let's talk about some of these multipliers here before we talk about some solutions. There's no doubt that Bitcoin's 10x in the last year, that more and more people are doing digital online relationships. There's no doubt that your network online and offline equals your net worth. Learn that one from Mark Victor Hansen of Chicken Soup for the Soul. 
Here's an example of something that's trustless. It's not 100%, but it works most of the time. When I was in the United Arab Emirates doing a training, and I was traveling by car, car service from Dubai to Abu Dhabi, and nobody sped because it was a trustless system. It even had an alarm. When you got to the speed limit five miles over, the alarm on the car would go beep, and they would slow down. I'm like, this is crazy. So we started talking and realized that you speed, you get a ticket. They have cameras. They have computers. You speed, you get a ticket. It's very simple. And... It's trustless. It just happens. And that's the key to persuasion. And even in other places, countries, I'm not going to name names to where I've gotten off the plane before. It says, if you have drugs, penalty of death. Pretty much if you have drugs, you're dead. I mean, you steal, we do this to you. And so nobody steals and nobody brings in drugs because, hello, it's obvious. You do this, I do this. That's a smart contract. (laughs) You bring in drugs, penalty of death. And so nobody does. Now, when it's vague and nobody does that, then there's no teeth into your contract, as we can call it. And part of this too is the frequency and getting used to this, especially when it's a new thing. Email for many of you was a new thing, but now you know, you hit send, it goes. Just based on frequency and experience, it works. Now, some of our old trust list examples would be escrow, where we just, they do it. That's what they do for a living. Or a deposit on a property or no risk guarantee, a letter of credit, prenuptial agreement. Now, those aren't guaranteed, but those are things to put in place to, all right, now we can trust each other. It's almost trustless, not quite there, but let's talk about some of this trustless and using it for persuasion and influence. We know the future is cryptocurrency, blockchain, just that technology alone is going to change how we do contracts and keep promises and sell real estate. It's almost like a digital online notary. It just happens. It works. Blockchains will be used for supply chain. This technology, also going to be used for taxes, keeping your medical records secure, making sure your intellectual property is safe, track packages. I love the intellectual property to where I know I'm getting paid for my content. When people purchase a book and copy the PDF and send it to someone else, you can't do that with blockchain. It is secure. So enough about that. Let's talk about that world, that trustless world, and bring it into the world of persuasion and influence. And how do you persuade when there is no trust? So a couple ways to do that. The first one, one of the 12 laws of persuasion in Maximum Influence. And of course, if you want the free book, Maximum Influence, go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. You pick up a little shipping and handling. I'll give you the new edition of the physical copy of Maximum Influence. MaximizeYourInfluence.com is also the place to contact me. For example, Matt gets free access to InfluenceUniversity.com, which is our advanced training. But also, you can take your free Persuasion IQ, contact us, see what we are up to, all at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. All right. So, one of the 12 laws is social validation. That is trustless. When I look at Yelp, and most of the reviews are positive, that becomes trustless. Now, if there's not very many of them, that becomes an issue. If there's no negative ones, (laughs) that becomes an issue. Isn't that interesting? People look on Yelp, there's 49 positive, one negative. They read the negative one first. But as long as the majority is there... We trust them. Most of the people like it. It must be good. That is trustless. I don't have to worry about trusting your restaurant. Once you do, it's right there on Yelp. Now, quantity is part of that too. On Amazon, if I have 5,000 five-star reviews, just that quantity alone, and there might be a few negative ones in there, but 5,000 five-stars, this is easy. That's why Uber and Airbnb is trusted. Everyone's evaluating each other. You can tell this person someone to steer clear of. You should do it. Stay there. Don't stay there. They're lying. Is it really a nice room, a nice apartment? That is social validation. That's the first one. 
The second one is you can borrow credibility. You can borrow trust. Meaning if you want to become trustless and you're just not winning them over, you're not getting the trust, have somebody endorse you. Have them send an email, make a phone call, review of your product, recommendation of what you do, a testimonial. We all know that infomercials have a 90% failure rate. They fail. They add testimonials, endorsements, other people that are saying what you're saying. Borrow that. That becomes trustless. If these 10 people say it's great, that's all I need. I don't have to worry about my trust with you. Another interesting one, and this is definitely a trend, is free. The numbers are crazy on free, especially like the Costco, the food, and 75% of listen, and almost half of those will purchase just that free. And what free does, what you could do in your world, is prove your worth. You know, a free tire change or free fixing the flat. You prove your worth. You're friendly. You're nice. Now it's used to coming there. I don't have to worry about building trust. I know you're going to do what you say. You've proven your worth. You're good stuff. I love what you had to say. That's why I provide, not all the time, I'm pretty busy, a free coaching session. Hey, if you could track down my email, I'm not going to give it to you on this podcast, but if you track me down and say, Kurt, I want a free coaching session, I will give it to you. I will prove my worth, whatever you want to learn. Is it about persuasive presentations, creating a script, increasing your clothes, becoming more influential, influencing up, leading the leader, whatever it is, I will tackle it. You tell me your greatest influence challenge. So you can prove your worth. Give it away for free. Food, your time. Even timeshares do this, a free four days on the beach in Cancun, Mexico. I mean, wow, it doesn't get better than that. Give them the experience and prove your worth. That can go from distrust to trustless. Another piece here to go to trustless is just make it easy. It's just simple. Ease of entry. That's why Amazon has Amazon One Click. You click on one button, it's build, ship, packaged, wrapped. Everything's done. We know on the internet and in life, the easier to make it, more people will be persuaded. Piano stores do this where they advertise a piano for 500 bucks. That's known as a lost leader. Or during holidays, like Thanksgiving in the United States, where turkeys are really cheap, but everything else is more expensive. That's a lost leader. Make it easy. Make it simple. That could also go in the category of trying it out. We know on the internet, for every field, for everything you ask someone to do, it decreases compliance. Make it easy. Make it simple. Just like I was working with this powder potion smoothie guy at this gym, and his sales were not good. Why? It's not easy. Now, if it's ready on the way out, that's easier. But the biggest issue, you just worked out, you're feeling good, I want a smoothie. You're like, ah, my purse, my wallet's in the car. That extra step decreases sales. Get them drinking and give them samples to free. Put them on an account. They order on the way in. They give it to them on the way out. We'll bill them once a month. Easy, simple. How can you make what you're doing easy and simple for people? So they don't get stuck on trust, they can go to trust less. And final one, which bridges the world of trust to trustless, is known as sequential request, is start the persuasion process a little bit at a time. Five small yeses is always more persuasive than one big yes. Persuading someone in five meetings is easier than persuading someone all at once in one meeting. I know you don't like to hear that, you want to be one and done, But that's not a sequential request, meaning that every yes, every time you persuade them a little bit at a time, they become more persuasive. The studies show time and time again that if I could ask you five yes questions, that's more persuasive than one big question. And you always want to start with the easiest yeses first. That's why why when people go door to door to sell alarms, like, do you live here? You're like, yes. Do you love your children? You're like, yes. And the 20th question is, Will you buy? Are you ready to buy? And that's what you're looking for. 
So be aware with sequential request. It's also known as reciprocal concessions. We're talking about some big words today, but basically when you're stuck in the persuasion process, make it simple, get the smaller yeses. You can use reciprocal concessions, just meaning if you're stuck, you've hit a brick wall, let them persuade you on a few points that you don't care about. Now they're more open for you to persuade them. You resist, they resist. You give a concession, they'll give a concession. You open up, they're going to open up. That's how the process works. So I know I took a deep dive. You want to know more about cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin? Send me an email. Let me know. I'll send you some audios, get you up to speed. Also, I'm going to extend my March Madness special for my best-selling products. It's over $1,000 value for $97. And if you're in the world of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, I'll even give you a bigger discount for those that want to use their cryptocurrency to purchase. I'll put an extra link in there for you. If you don't get it, you need to start getting it. If you get it, I will take an extra 50% off for those that are using cryptocurrency just to support you and show others how important this is. But my four best-selling products are Magnetic Persuasion that goes on the 12 Laws of Persuasion. You also get the course on Persuasive Presentations, the formula, the roadmap you need. So you're not just informing, but you're influential. That's a step-by-step process. You get the audios for my three-day negotiation master boot camp. And the new one, which I don't even advertise, it's not even on my website, is the 111 sales hacks. Three-minute lessons every day. Here is the tool. This is the science. This is why it works. This is what you need to do. That simple. Plus, like I mentioned earlier, you'll get a free coaching session with me. I'll put those links up for you to help you take your life and your income to the next level. So everything you need is at InfluenceUniversity.com. If you want to go to the archives, episode 239 goes more into trust. This is on trust list, but if you want to go more into trust and building trust, that's episode 239 in the archives. That's also part of the free version of InfluenceUniversity.com. Hey, we've talked a lot today. We took a deep dive. You're like, trustless? What? What's going on? I'm telling you, this is the future. You may not get it the very first time, but study these concepts Become more influential, better negotiator, motivate yourself, inspire others, and go out and persuade with power. 